The Time Is Now podcast, presented by IRG. Hey everyone, welcome back to another The Time Is Now podcast. And today we are going to talk with Maria, a mortgage broker here in South Florida, and Gujan, which uh, she is a new agent here in IRG and also a new agent in the industry. So not only... This helps buyers and sellers that are looking to uh, sell their property or buy a property with finance, but also new agents that need to um, know a little bit more about this subject because it's very important in our industry. So first of all, Gujan, please introduce yourself to everybody. Um, where are you from? Where, what are uh, your expectations with real estate and where you're standing right now? Well, my name is Gujan and my last name is Yunal. So I was the hotelier 25 years and uh, minimum 25 years and I always loved being in hotel business and I was the sales manager and the last uh, hotel that I was in I was like the complex sales manager for three properties uh, Double Tree and Hyde Resort and Hyde Beach which all of them are in Hollywood so everything was going awesome until <laughs> this COVID hit us um, last year. So um, unfortunately, our uh, positions were eliminated, and because the sales couldn't, we couldn't do anything. And um, so the hotel business started to going down, and I decided to be in real estate which I always wanted to do real estate, but I was so lazy going, taking the class 63 hours and taking the test and taking the state exam. But then uh, I said you, to myself, you got a little push. Yeah, I said <laughs> to myself, okay, uh, I have time. to do this. Right. It's time. So thank God, like um, everything was good. And I passed the state exam the second time because nice. everybody was saying oh, it's so difficult, which I studied a lot. So <laughs> and I started here in January. I guess it was like 12th of January. So I'm really, really new. I'm really new. I am so excited selling the houses or, um, you know, helping the buyers or sellers or investors. And since I'm in sales, um, I love sales. So I'm sure I can do this. But since I'm there's really a learning new, curve. There's this a learning is learning. Curve. You know, I feel like sometimes I'm in the middle of the ocean. I don't know where to swim, like to the left, to the right, or should I stay, you know, in the middle of the sea? So um, that's why this is going to be a good opportunity for me to learn a little bit more, which I learned some of the stuff, but I still have to learn more. Yeah, right. very good. And Maria, yes. please introduce well, yourself. Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to to give you a little bit of tips to, to help you with the industry and see how much we can grow. Uh, my name is Maria Reinhardt. I am the branch manager at PRMG. We are a national lender, so we're in 48 states here in, in the U.S. And I've been in the industry for about almost 20 years now. Okay. Since I started in 2001. So I've been through everything, ups and downs. And I'm happy to be here to answer any questions you might, guy, you, you might have. Very good. I want to start with, with you then, since you were in the business for 20 years, mm -hmm. you were in the middle of the whole craziness of the right. crash in 2008. Yes, it was crazy. What are you seeing different in the mortgage side? Because we know that the financial market 
um, um, caused um, um, exponential growth in the real estate, right. and that caused a crisis. A bubble. Yeah, there was a bubble that. What you're seeing different on your side on on the mortgage because. If we didn't have a lot of loans in that time, or people like being able to to finance five homes, not owning any one of them, uh, it, it would be different. What is different now? Um, a lot. It's completely different in the part of financing. So before, prior to 2008, um, you didn't have to verify income. You didn't have to verify assets. So you could come to me and say, Maria, I want to buy a $500,000 home. And if you were making... $20,000 a year, I didn't need to show anything. I could say, okay, Daniel, we're going to put that you make $100,000 because that's what you need to qualify. And because the lenders were so flexible and not, don't provide me this, don't provide me taxes, don't provide employment, it was whatever the paper hold is what we went by. So everybody qualified for whatever home that they wanted to do. And on top of that, they had crazy loans that they were the negative amortization that I'm, I'm sure that you guys have heard. So let's say your mortgage for a $500,000 home was $3,000. We would give you the option to only pay 1000 and then you know, for the first three years, and then 1500 for the oh, other. And the, and the difference and was. And the difference, yes, exactly. So the let's say 1500 so the difference would go towards the $500,000 balance that you had. And it was 100% financing, no down payment. We would increase the rate to give you, to cover your closing cost. So you could literally walk in into a purchase, purchase a home with zero down, paying $1,500 for a $500,000 home. And then when that started happening, and then when those rates get uh, got adjusted, and then from fifteen hundred your payment went to three thousand, but you couldn't pay. pay, and then the house was not worth that much is when the boom happened. Um, after that, now everybody that qualifies for the loan, we are extremely regulated. Um, my license number goes into every application that I take. And before it, it nothing. Didn't. So nobody knew that. Nobody knew, nobody who, knew the application. Who, who sent the application. Nobody knew that if I did a loan for Daniel or if somebody else did your loan. Because in this in the application, we didn't have that lock. Now my MLS is in everything that I sign, it gets audited. So if a loan goes into default, they can come back after me. So the, and not only and you the, see if you actually did all the paperwork, if you didn't lie about the income or right. everything. And now we verify everything. So you can give me your tax returns and I have to get a copy of your transcripts from the IRS to match that what you gave me is is matching. Oh. So now there's no way around it on, you know, you truly have to qualify for, for a loan. And that's important because the market right now is very hot. It's extremely and hot. And people are afraid that is something like that is happening again right and that shows that it, it it's not it's because not. who is buying right now either is buying cash mm -hmm. mostly for the for uh, luxury and, right. and, and 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 high-end homes but those who are finance either conventional or fha or something they actually have to have qualify to. and right now with covid is even worse right I've, I've i've heard that banks are verifying if the person still have their jobs at closing date. Yes, absolutely. So the standard was to verify once your loan was clear to close and we went through the whole process, we would do a ver verbal verification. So call, hey, is Daniel still there at work 10 days prior to closing? Now with COVID, we call 10 days, 7 days, 
three days oh, wow. and the day of closing. So you're on your way to the title company to sign and we're calling to make sure that you're still working. That's so it's 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 good. We have to take precautions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Unfortunately. Okay, Gujan. What do you want to know about mortgage? So now what I want to know about, like, let's say that there is a buyer, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, he's not working, but right. he's wealthy. Right. So like, like when, when the buyer comes to me and when he tells me that, okay, I'm so interested with this house, let's say that one, one million dollar. Mm -hmm. So what questions I have to ask him, but I will know, I'm, no, I'm knowing that um, he's wealthy, but he's not working. So what questions I have to ask him at the beginning? So, um, and that's a good question. So the first step before you even start showing properties, you should know if the client's gonna purchase cash, you know, if they're gonna finance. So you would have to say, okay, I'm gonna show you this million dollar home, how are you, going to pay for it are you looking to finance okay. are you looking to pay cash i can be wealthy but my m what if my my well my wealth management is telling me don't use your money because the stocks are doing so well borrow because the rates are so low you know mm -hmm. so i'm going to finance some of that so if they tell you no i'm going to finance then your next question will be okay have you gone through the approval process have you gone to your bank um, or you can, you know, if whenever we partner up, you can say we have a preferred lender that you can get an opinion and see how much you can qualify for. So if they're financing, the first step will, the next question after they say I'm financing, okay, have you gone through the process of finance? And then also find out with who. Um, in this question that you're asking me, you know that the client is wealthy and wants a million dollar home, but you don't know if he's gonna buy a cash or not. If he's financing and doesn't work, there is an alternative program that we use that we can use their assets as collateral for the type of loan. Okay. And now if they're getting capital gains from whatever money that they might have, we can use that type of program. So the standard is like Daniel said, conventional FHA, jumbo loans. Okay. But we also have bank statement programs, you know, for self-employees that don't declare enough income, but they want to use their 12 months bank statements to show the deposits, we can use that. If they have enough money in their bank account, $5 million, let's say, we can use that bank account as an asset collateral to show that they that they can do. But that's an alternative program and the rates are usually a little bit higher. So that's a question that I usually get. And uh, in, in Brazil, it always work different. Mm -hmm. um, in Brazil, it's more important how, how much assets do you have mm -hmm. than how much money do you make? Right. Or it was before I came here. I'm here for five years now. Mm -hmm. And here I always have the sense that it's the opposite. It doesn't matter how much, of course, that if you have more collateral, it's better. Right. But if you don't make any money, it's hard to qualify. And is that true? Correct. Yes. Because here we see, so I always tell my clients, we look for the four C's, right? So one of the four C's is your capacity. So capacity is your income, how much money you make and you're capable of pay back on the loan. So income is extremely important because that's how we see that you can pay back the loan. Now, uh, capital is the assets. I can have $5 million in my bank account. I have, uh, I can have properties and cars and all that. It's important to do to to make sure that you have the the capital for the down payment, but it's not as important as a relationship that we see it in our countries. That okay, we trust you because you have enough assets. Here is black and white. Your capacity is good. You make enough income to pay back. Perfect. Capital, you have the down payment. 
enough to qualify for the loan, we don't care. As a matter of fact, when I have clients that they tell me, Maria, can I show you my five bank accounts? I'm like, no. If you have one bank account that has enough for the down payment and closing costs, don't show me anything else. We don't want to see it. Because the more that we see it, the more we're going to ask. Okay. So, but you still want to know how much you, he has or she has in that account, of, correct? Not really, no. no. So if they have one account, that they, in that one account, they have enough for the down payment and closing costs, that's what I will use. Okay. So if, yeah. every, if somebody, let's say that, that person never lived here and then from Europe and mm -hmm. um, and again that they want to buy the house here and when I ask him like uh, I keep saying him I guess my first buyer is gonna <laughs> be, gonna be yeah. a male. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. um, what the is universe. the approval process you know like what do you mean by approval process so what is the answer for that what is the approval process okay so the standard approval process the way that it works for um, someone that lives in the U.S. and has a social security, okay. uh, we need the last two of everything. Last two tax returns to see their income, okay. um, you know, capacity to see how much they, they, they make. Um, we also need assets, so the last two bank statements to make sure that they have enough money for the down payment and the closing cost. And then if they're W-2 or they're 1099 or if they're self-employed, we need the business tax returns. So I need approval of income and assets basically to show. And then with that, I have to pull their credit and credit is extremely important because there is a minimum credit score depending on what program you're going to see, you know, and then the interest rate is also based on your credit score. So the higher your interest rate, the lower the, 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 the credit. But if he's a foreigner, he yeah, usually doesn't a have a credit score. Right. So if it's a foreigner that is here and is buying as a second home or a vacation home, then the program is completely different. I just need... The down payment is also different. Um, we need a letter from their CPA in their country mm -hmm. that, let's say, from Europe that says, you know, Mr. Smith makes X amount of money for these 2019, X amount of money for 2020, and he's projecting this amount of money. So I don't need tax returns. I don't need IRS transcripts, anything like that. I just literally need a CPA letter that shows how much money that client makes. Okay. For foreign nationals, what we care is assets, actually. Mm -hmm. We need to see that the, act the client actually can afford the to buy the house cash, but they're choosing to finance part of it. He needs to have assets, as assets here in the U.S. or in whatever country he is? Whatever country, but at the time of closing, let's say if they're going to put $100,000 down payment, mm -hmm. that $100,000 has to be in a U.S. account. Mm -hmm. So they can send me, let's say, bank from Brazil, mm -hmm. and everything ha can be in Brazil. But the time of closing, if we need 100000 they have to transfer, let's say, to a Bank of America and then... Okay. To the type or, of the, company. Or, or, or already in escrow or something. Yeah, and and most foreigns they they tend to have at least one bank account here. Yeah, they always. Yeah. yeah. So you said the deposit is gonna be different. What do you mean by that? It's gonna be more deposit for foreigners. Yes. So for a a regular um, national client, a first time home buyer, or anybody that is looking to buy, if it's your primary home that you're gonna live in the house, mm -hmm. um, like for an FHA conventional, even jumbo that is a little bit more than five hundred thousand dollar loan, um, the minimum down payment is usually five ten percent down payment. Okay. Um, even 3% in, in, in most of the cases as a first-time home buyer. For a foreign national, it's minimum 30%. Oh, 25, 30% wow. down. Yes. It's really... Because remember, we're not asking for a lot of paperwork. So yeah. we want to make sure that the client has also, you know, an investment because... They can walk and away a with and a motivation to keep paying. Cla because exactly. if you if you do, if you if you do a three percent for a foreign national, 
and something goes wrong in his country, he's going to say, okay, I just put three thousand dollars there, thirty thousand dollars. I'm not going to. So that's that's not negotiable. That percentage. Correct. Okay. Minimum twenty five percent down payment. Okay. On a foreign national. So any client that you have out of state has to put at least 25% down. And what kind of, let's talk about the programs. Mm -hmm. What what are the, 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 the programs today available for nationals, people that are here that wants to buy? I know about the VA, the FHA, the conventional. What's the difference between mm -hmm. all of them and um, uh, what, what do people need to qualify for each of them? Okay, so FHA, a lot of people think that because I'm a first-time home buyer, I need to do FHA. FHA is a, is a program that is um, backed by the government. Um, the interest, the minimum down payment is 3.5%. The credit score is very low. We use minimum 580. And then your capacity to pay, it, we go up to 50, 55%. So let's say I make $10,000 a month. I can use 5000 or up to $5,500 to cover my expenses that show on my credit report plus my new mortgage. So I can qualify for a lot more on an FHA, even though I'm capped at only $400,000 loan amount. Um, conventional, instead so, of- So just, hmm? just before I move forward, so on FHA, uh, 45 to 50% of what you make and use towards the mortgage, the, um, the property tax and the insurance. And whatever debt I have. So okay, if you have credit cards, so okay. Yes. So let's say going back to the ten thousand dollar income, let's say let's use fifty percent. So mm -hmm. I have five thousand dollars that that's my capacity to pay my bills. So from my five thousand dollars, I have five hundred dollars in student loans, five hundred dollar car payment, and five hundred dollar minimum credit card payments. So then I have thirty five hundred dollars available. My mortgage, adding tax insurance association, cannot be more than thirty five hundred. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, that's how it works. Unconventional loan. Um, the minimum down payment is also 3% if you're looking to buy a house, 10% um, if it's a vacation home, or 20% investment. Mm -hmm. um, FHA is only primary homes. And another thing is, like you mentioned uh, in, a, in a one of your old vid uh, videos last week, on an FHA, you can buy one, two, three, or four units, uh, like fourplex, with a minimum of 3%, 3.5% yeah, down that's, payment. That's very interesting. It's huge. Because you're... And actually, the follow-up, who doesn't follow me on TikTok? You need to follow me on yes. TikTok. Give them um, your TikTok. Um, because I was, I did that video about multifamily yes. and questions started to pop uh -huh. up. And one of the questions was um, related to, can I use finance to buy it? And I said, okay, my friend Maria put a post the other day that you can use up to four units because mm -hmm. four units is still res uh, residential. After right. five units or five units or more, it's, uh, it's qualified as commercial property. So Correct. you cannot use FHA, but you can use conventional loans or whatever. Right. And that's a very nice strategy because what you were saying, number one, if you have a capacity that you can pay every month, Maria said mortgage, interest, right. Uh, property tax and HOA. Right. So that's why house, house, single family homes also are very hot. Because if the HOA is $500 per month on that, that building, that's already taking money out of how much can I finance? $100,000. So if the association is 
you are reducing the, your purchase power in a hundred thousand dollars so if you would like to finance 200 now it's a hundred thousand so instead of buying a two hundred thousand dollar unit you're buying a hundred thousand dollar unit mm -hmm. because you have to pay the association yes so that's why everybody wants to buy a house because house don't have association, association fees right. and also what don't have association fees multi-families of one two three or four units you right. can buy you can live in one of the units. Correct. Have the other three tenants paying you rent, and that rent will cover your mortgage, your property tax, and everything. So not only you will have your own home because you are li you're living in one of the units, yeah. you are making money out of it. So it's a right. very smart move. Absolutely. Uh, extremely smart. And this is a true story. I had a first-time home buyer client that he was based on his income he could only qualify for like 180 200 thousand dollars that was it and he's like maria i'm not gonna find anything maybe a small condo and then fha there's not a lot of buildings that are approved with fha so we're like okay what if you buy a duplex or a triplex he found a triplex and instead of 180 on you know he bought a triplex for 545 why because now he can get rental income, so his income was limited to, let's say, 200000 But because he's getting rental income from Unit 2 and Unit 3, he could afford oh. a $500,000 oh, home. Yeah. So, so the banks, the ba even for the residential, the banks absolutely. take that into consideration. Yeah, so if you're now, let's say you qualify for 200000 you can buy a fourplex for $800,000. Why? Because... The payment on an $800,000 loan will allow you to get rental income from one, two, three places. So let's say you get $1,000 for each duplex, each side. That's $3,000 extra income that you're going to be getting. And we can use that. That's very good. Yeah, it's extremely, it's, it's very good. So anyone that, you know, it's open, I, I, I just actually purchased a duplex and I'm making, the, the profit is so much more instead of one single family home so it, and it's even worth if, it. if and rem um, um, remembering um, for up to four plex you right. can use the FHA three and a half three and a half down. percent okay so to get the, what does it take to get the three and a half percent down you have to be a first-time home buyer to okay. be a first-time home buyer you you can't have a mortgage or a FHA mortgage for the past three years so if you owned a home or if you currently own a home conventional and you want to buy FHA, you are considered a first-time home buyer oh, with okay. FHA. Okay. So anyone that hasn't owned a FHA loan in the past three and years. And if you don't qualify for that, can you still use FHA for the lower rate, but you have to have um, to have to put a, a higher uh, deposit? If you don't qualify because for of what reason? For the 3.5%. Or FHA is only for first-time home buyers. No, FHA, you can do FHA 10% down payment. Okay. Yeah, 20% so, down payment. So they yeah. could, even though it, they are not first-time home buyer, they could do with FHA, but with a higher deposit. Instead yeah. of 3.5%, they would need to put how much if they are not first-time first home buyers. Okay, so if I have a FHA home now and I want to buy an FHA home, triplex, let's mm -hmm. say, this FHA with, from the triplex has to be 100 miles away. Otherwise, I can't qualify, oh, regardless okay. if I put 20% down payment. Okay. Now, if I have a duplet, let's say if I have a conventional loan right now, um, and if I want to buy a triplex FHA, 
I can buy FHA because mm -hmm. this loan that I have is conventional. conventional. Well, it's not also a terrible idea because if you already have an FHA home, you are living there and you, you don't want to move, you can just go 100 miles away from Miami if you are in Miami, which you're going to find great opportunities to buy duplex, triplex, and fourplex because mm -hmm. hey, Miami, even that's very expensive and you can make money on that one and you're still in a good deal. You are, but remember, FHA is primary home. Oh, so you need to move. So there. you have to technically li be living in the house that you're going to be buying. And okay. for that, depending on your job, we would have to see, okay, if you work from home or if 100 miles is... But if he already has an FHA on that home, mm -hmm. he can still transfer his primary home to the other one? Yes. And that and it wouldn't affect that no. one that he already purchased? He's going to get rental income from that. Of course. So yeah. still make money. Yeah, you can still make money, yeah. And then with conventional, um, also you can buy with a minimum of 3 5% down payment, but if you buy one single family home, right? If you buy a duplex, then the down payment increases to 15%. If okay. you buy a triplex, it increases to 20% okay. or 25% down. And fourplexes also? Yes, so okay. it, conventional is a little bit more conservative, um, higher, instead of 580 score, we need 620 score instead of using 50 percent of what you make we use 45 48 of what you make um the interest rate uh, right now it's almost the same fha conventional yeah. what is the i have a bunch of friends in mortgage they always mm -hmm. say daniel it depends on the deposit the credit score and everything right but what is the average rates right now what what we're what the, the what's the best rate that one can can receive at this um moment? so it depends on the program mm -hmm. um i just closed a veteran a va loan that the rate was two percent 30 year fix um fha i would say two and a half 2.75 so under three percent and in, what is what is the va program um, the VA is for veterans, so anyone that has served the country, they have to have they have to be eligible. So they have um, to serve at you know certain time in the in the in the service, and they can finance 100%. There's no MI. So usually on a conventional or FHA, when you borrow more than 80% of what the house is worth, you have that extra payment, right? The PMI or the MI. Mm -hmm. On a conventional, it's a guaranteed loan, so there's no MI. So a veteran will qualify for a hundred percent financing and they can qualify for a lot more because those let's say two hundred dollars two hundred dollars a month that you're paying on a conventional that's an extra forty thousand or fifty thousand dollars extra that you can purchase you know mm -hmm. uh, purchase power on a if on a va loan and the and the rates can go as low as two percent on that one depending on your credit of but course. yes oh. two two and a half three percent yeah i mean and how how good needs to be the credit to get that like 600, um, 700, 800? On, 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 on a VA, on a VA you know, like the this. minimum credit score is 580. Okay. So anything the anything above 680 middle score, you, you're you going to get a good rate nowadays. A good rate. Yeah. yeah. And for, um, do you do also commercial? No. PRMG only does residential. residential okay. Yes. Do you have any idea how the commercial is working at um, this moment? Commercial right now, the minimum down payment that I've seen with some of my lenders that I that I that I have, um, the minimum down payment is between twenty to twenty five percent. the amortization is usually twenty five years instead mm -hmm. of thirty, that mm -hmm. is like a standard on, on residential. Mm -hmm. And the rates are still pretty good, like four, four and a yeah, half. Yeah. How about the foreigner if they wanna get the commercials? 
also what's the i would say the same because remember they're basing on the business okay yeah on yeah, the that's, rent that the that's what's nice in the commercial they they care less about you and yes. more about if the business can sustain itself. Uh, and when we say business, it can be like a multifamily of 20 units, 10 units. Right. If, if the multifamily is making enough money to pay for all the expenses, all the right. running operational expenses plus the mortgage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, yeah they, they can finance. They don't care. Right. Correct. If you don't make any money. Okay. They take the asset as collateral. Yeah. You are going to put twenty five to twenty to thirty percent down, depending mm-hmm. on on the on the case. Yes. And they don't care how much money you make okay. because the business is making money. Yeah. And also for hotels business. and triple net leases exactly. and everything. Exactly. Yeah. So it, FHA it like homes um, mm-hmm. are foreigner also uh, can. Can they get FHA homes? No. No? So FHA, conventional on jumbo loans. Jumbo is for loans that are above 550. The loan above 550, not the the value of the home. Yes, the loan, above 548 to be exact. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is only for people that have social security and they have income here. Anyone that is a foreign that doesn't have or... or, uh, papers they have like a visa it has to be 25 percent because it's a completely different type of loan it's a okay. foreign national loan that we offer okay mm-hmm. yeah and then let's say that um they bought a house 25 percent mm-hmm. so how do we decide how many years they they are gonna be they are going to pay and how much how we decide that i mean can they the can they make a decision for that or we have to tell them no it has to be like minimum 20 years or you have to pay this amount so um, so it depends on their capacity. So I have a lot of clients that standard. Most people will do 30 years because now there's no prepayment penalty. So you can pay extra a month if you want. You can pay it off. You can pay it down. So there's no prepayment penalties. Um, now, if I'm buying a house and my income allows me to pay a mortgage in 15 years, instead of paying $1,500 mortgage, I'm going to pay 3000 If my income allows me to pay 3000 I can do a 15-year Okay. Yeah, but yeah. I I I think it's always better if you have the capacity to pay three thousand, just make it um, fifteen hundred yeah. or right. twenty five years and just pay extra every month because yeah. if in the event that something happens yes. in that month you can't mm-hmm. pay the extra, if you already made that option before you're going to be in default. Absolutely. Yes. So it's always it's for me it's always better to have the option instead of the obligation to do it. Correct. I agree. So if they cannot pay at some point, mm-hmm. um, then the house goes to foreclosure? Yeah, but, and that's an interesting question because now we have the COVID situation. I'm a headline reader, so I don't have the, the exact information, but mm-hmm. I read again that they are extending the the, 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 the moratory, the forbearance. So how, how is that working for people that are not paying yeah. their mortgages? Um, so it's not that easy. Like the first time that came um, available anyone could qualify regardless if you lost your job or not now with this um, time you have to prove that you have no income and you have to apply for unemployment and you know if you're not in, if you're not in a hardship don't put yourself in forbearance because that's that mortgage that you're supposed to pay let's say the fifteen hundred dollars is not that they're forgiving you they're just putting it towards the loan 
towards the end and they're going to uh, to charge you interest for that period that you're not paying exactly yes you're still gonna have to pay it and not only that but most lenders are modifying the loan so when you do a loan modification that hurts your credit and if you want to buy let's say within 12 months you won't be able to buy a new property if you had a loan modification so um, the forbearance is for someone that is really in hardship and you can't pay it so if you can go you know if you don't have a job then go into forbearance but don't just apply because you're like skipping and going shopping instead you know and how no is way. the process and uh, not only the process of um, um uh, foreclosure how are how is the market of foreclosure is there a lot happening are you seeing that happening um no not actually there's really i i was a I, I used to work at Bank of America, and I ha I still have contacts with the foreclosure department, and there's no inventory, you know? People are paying. Oh, wow. okay. And then remember, now people say, oh, now with the forbearance, there are going to be a lot of foreclosures. People are not going to pay. But properties have gone up so much that a lot of people have more than 20 25% equity. So why would you want to lose your house if you have so much equity? Most likely, you're going to sell it you know get some money yes because that's what people don't understand i i deal a lot with investors mm -hmm. and they are they're waiting they are waiting <laughs> since since january last year oh because there is going to be a massive foreclosure and what people don't understand is that in 2008 you bought five homes without putting any money right and you kept renting that for five years right you were living in one and, f and renting the other ones the other four. So you were making money. So when they say that, oh, in 2008, a lot of people lost money. No, they didn't. Who lost right. money was the financial market. Right. Okay. People that had invested in funds, they lost money. But people who bought home, they didn't. Because right. they, they didn't put anything down. Sometimes, correct me if I'm wrong, they were even putting your finance, your closing costs. So you, you had literally no cost you to buy a house. You were walking with zero money absolutely and zero you did that four times five times so yes. you were living in one house and renting the living other off four of rentals yeah. and you were making money all this period yeah. so right now as maria said the guy has 20 to 25 30 50 percent equity. equity in their property right. they are going to do everything to pay it because they right. don't want to lose their money right okay. and not only that but banks we don't finance with the purpose of oh, hoping that you're gonna foreclose and we can keep your loan we're not in the business of foreclosing we're in of the course. business of lending so we're gonna do everything we can to help you keep your house so before the foreclosure starts we're gonna see if you can refinance we're gonna see if you can do a loan modification we're gonna oh, okay. do everything that we can to help you keep the house because even, even short sale even it's, short it's, sale. Uh, do you know what short sale is mm -mm. short sale it's I, like a voluntary reposition oh okay i don't want to pay my i can't afford my house take it and it's not going to hurt me as much okay. because i'm volunteering to give okay. you back the okay. house so the bank the bank ass assumes the process of selling yes. it for you Mm -hmm. okay. and for whatever the bank sells they clear you you don't have to pay anything of course your credit is going to be a little bit hurt but, but not, not as, as bad, bad as, as a, a foreclosure where they taking okay. your property away from you yes and i show that and and it's it's funny because the, um, the miami realtors association every month releases the report and you can see how many transactions were made in each category if it was finance if it was cash if it was foreclosure or if it was short, short sale, sale. 
and in a month with 1300 closings like 17 were foreclosures or short sale it's like minimum yeah. it's 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 it's, it's yeah. less than it's less than 1% of the market and people are still waiting Hoping. and <laughs> instead of waiting what they could be doing buying the triple the the triplets the the fourplexes and um and making money on it right. And right now they are just waiting they are just waiting for what i don't know because yeah. at some point um the the fed already told us that they are going to keep the interest rates low for a long right. period but at some point they are going to raise and when they when they start to raise the, this investor is going to oh no i need to wait now because their the interest rates are going up correct and look at how much time they lost of making money with a property yeah and there's so much demand you know that even if the market slows down and people start selling their houses because they can't afford the amount of people that we have looking to purchase is not going to slow down so it's not it's not going to become a, a buyer's market in in a while we we're even even so the condos undered. even the condos right yes. now we have 13 thousand units available the mm -hmm. houses here in miami have about three even the condos are selling are selling and not with a great discount no. the average is five percent or right. even less than five percent the average and yeah. and i'm working with a client that he keeps sending offers like under 15 20 percent under hoping that someone will take it but people that are selling Number one, they have equity, so mm -hmm. they are not going to just give They're it away. Number right. two, they know there is a shortage of um, single-family homes. They are going to move into condos because they need something. And there's a lot of people coming to Florida. They will eventually sell. Right. So my question is, um, right now is the seller's market, right? Yes. Okay, so like in hotel business, you know, there is a high season, low season, middle mm -hmm. season. So it's the high season is January until mid-April, beginning from May through September, the hotel rates goes low, and um, beginning from October, it goes a little bit up, but January, February, March is the highest season. Mm -hmm. So is there anything like that in uh, real estate business? Yes, it does. If you if you look on the um, Miami Realtors Association, you can see the graphic by month, which month sells the most. Right. And we have almost the same thing. We have a season that goes down and then goes up again. And here in Miami, usually the first and the second quarter are better. Summer goes down okay. because people are traveling and everything, and then starts to pick up again. So okay. yes, we have those seasons. So then, if the house is one million dollar right now, the house rate goes down. No, it's, low we, season, it's, or it's it's still it's same? not like it's it doesn't affect like that like in the um, hotel where uh -huh. the the rates of a room goes down uh -huh. it just is low the process okay yeah. just is, of course if you are a seller that you really need the money yeah, it's good. better that you select if you can the timing when you put your 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 house in the market but most likely is if you need the money you can't wait until the next season to be hot so you sell it you just need to sell it and you're going to take a loss anyway because you need the money okay. that's right. the difference okay yeah it might take you a little longer because there's not going to be a lot of offers you know in a hot season you'll have you put your house you do an open house and probably within two weeks you'll sell it and, uh, and that's what's happening our friend here one of our yeah. agents mm -hmm. he sold his house this week oh, Rafael, yeah. yesterday mm -hmm. yesterday february 11. The house was less than a week in the market. There is a tenant. The tenant didn't 
let anybody go into the house the to house. see it. He did a two-hour open house last Friday, and, and he received multiple offers. And mm -hmm. he, uh, he he said, I think it was four offers, four or five offers he received, and he sold it. That's yeah. it. And and the tenant only lives in March. So wow. the person that bought it bought it with the tenant there. The closing is going to be in March after they leave, they leave the but the, there's a hard deposit already. He sold the house. That's it. Yeah. That's it's how crazy. I mean, people are in regular homes. Um, I see my realtors doing open houses. We have 15, 17 offers. People making lines to look at the properties outside. So is this like a um, local or is no, just a foreigner? Like no, it's no, is no. Is there no. any country no, that no. makes the percentage the most? No. Or? Yes, there is. Um, 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 uh, Canadians are very, very uh, much here. Um, Brazilians are, I, I think they are the third one, the biggest. Uh, there's a lot of Argentinians, but right now it's local market. Okay. It's local, local because the foreigners cannot come in. Yeah. Yeah. It's local market. Yeah. Totally local. And Mostly local people also coming from the other states. Yeah, from other states. You know, people that now with COVID realize that they can work from home. And if you're in San Francisco, you're living in a studio or in New York in a studio $500,000. With $500,000 here, you can live down here in Brooklyn and have a one-one beautiful yeah. place exactly. with ocean view. So we have a lot of people from up north moving down, not only because of the weather, the, the city is beautiful, and the cost of living is so much cheaper than what they okay. they, they they pay there. And they have the same salaries, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Maria, the time is now. The time is now. <laughs> Everybody, you know, and, and I do have clients that are like, I'm going to wait. The market is going to crash again. I oh yeah, I, I heard that as well. Like people are keep saying that the market they is gonna crash. People keep saying that. Well, the last crisis was 2008. Since 2010, because if you know why, publicity. If you yeah. nobody's going to uh, uh, nobody's going to show up in the news saying the market it's great and be recognized for it. But if you say the market is going to crash, eventually you are going to be right because that's how economy works mm -hmm. in cycles. And one day it's going to crash. Mm -hmm. And if you repeat there for 15 years. And you've been yeah. wrong for 15 <laughs> years. And in one year, you'll say, oh, say, I said, yeah, I've exactly. been 15 years that I'm saying, okay, so for the last 15 years, you didn't make any money because you were waiting the, waiting the crash. And now it, it has a crash, it, the market crash. So what, yeah. what? If you have the income and the credit and you find the right property, I think there's, there shouldn't be any hesitation. You know, if the numbers make sense, buy it. Don't wait. I... I always tell my clients, if, if you have everything ready and if you're ready, you're still paying a mortgage. You're just paying somebody else's mortgage when you're renting. So why exactly. would you pay somebody else's mortgage when you can pay your own and buy it now? If you, let's say if the market doesn't go up or it slows down, all you can say is, okay, I'm going to sell it in five years for what I bought it. And that means that you live there for free, you know, mm -hmm. because you're breaking even. I, I loved the idea of buy the multiplex with the fha absolutely everybody should be doing that everybody, everybody should be yes. doing that yeah every live in one unit yeah, rent exactly. the other one you're ones. gonna yeah. make money it's not yeah, even you're gonna make money. you're gonna make money to live in your house exactly that's it your housing is making you money the yeah. only way a house make you money is that way it's absolutely that way yeah all the other ways they are expenses Yes. That's the only way to make yeah. money with your house. Yeah. Or rent, you know, or your investors. Instead of buying one big house, tell them, what if you invest in a duplex? These are real numbers, and I can show you my statement. My mortgage on my duplex is 2800 and I make 43 a month. 
from both sides. Wow. If I, if good. it was a house, I would have to probably break even, you know, and and yeah. I would still be fine breaking even. But why would I break even when I have the ability to buy a duplex and make two rents? If someone leaves, I still have kind of enough income to cover my mortgage. And that's the beauty of multi multi doors, yes. as I say, because if you, one person leaves, you have the other ones paying for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. so buy and now qualify, do your taxes. Okay. Yeah, and qualify before sending an offer because the market is so hot right now. If you need to finance and you send an offer, continue to finance and you don't have the finance approved, it, you're not going to take you're it. You're not going to take it, yes. Yeah, definitely you need to know what you qualify, how much money you need, you mm -hmm. know, because it's not only the down payment, you need money for the closing costs, for the escrows, for the inspections. Yeah. So you need to know how much you, 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 you need, yeah. And your credit, and it's yeah. always good to see the rate and what type of loan and shop around. Maria, thank you very much. Thank you. It was very informative. I'm I have glad. a lot of <laughs> content to extract from this. Yes. Thank you very much, uh, and thank you, Bujan. I hope oh it didn't help yeah. you. Yeah, yes. thank you. It was very good. Thank you so I'm much. I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank, thank you, guys. You. Of course. Nice. Was yes. very very nice. This is the Time Is Now podcast, presented by IRG.